Hello and welcome to this Life Changes podcast. You are now listening to one of our Sunday messages. If you'd like to know more about Life Changes, you can visit us on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram. Now lean in and enjoy. I wondered what all that was about. And you're here visiting the church saying, who are these weird oaks and why is um, that little green man on the screen? I don't know. I mean, that's the honest truth. I've got no idea. But we really like to have fun. And we think doing life together and doing the gospel together should be a whole lot of fun. And the Bible clearly says where God is, there is life and there is joy. And I honestly think church should be a lot more fun than it normally just sitting there, just suck up what the pastor has to say for 40 minutes, maybe 50, and if you're really unlucky, an hour and a half, and, um, and then leave. I mean, I really think church should be fun. And the way God is, there's life, there's joy. And so we really do, but that really wasn't part of the brief. But it's wonderful, Gabe. Thank you. Thank you. Really do appreciate it. So um, I did uh, just tell Fiona, you know when you take your phone out, just check before you preach and your wife's SMS you, it's your dad's birthday, exclamation mark. I mean, like your dad's birthday is on Valentine's Day. How could you possibly forget it? So I will have to make a phone call after tonight. Should I do it now? Let me find hey, Abe. <laughs> I won't phone AV now. But um, can I pray after those amazing announcements? Jesus, we give you all the glory, all the praise. Thank you that you are the healing God. Thank you that your church is nothing without your presence, alive and real in our midst. Thank you that your church will be filled with crazy, colorful people, filled of your spirit, who will see this world change for your glory and for your praise, Lord. And we give you all the glory. Thank you for this amazing city, this great city of Cape Town that we get to live in, that we get to do life in. And I pray, fill us with fire for this task. Fill us with fire for this mission. And thank you for the incredible privilege. We worship you, God. Amen. Amen. As we stand and as I was processing this vision day and we were going to speak about a house of salvation and being a house of salvation, I asked God this question, how do you honor the life changer's story? Looking back and then looking forward because God's people constantly moved through the Old Testament. They would move and then they would build an altar to the Lord as a sign pointing back to his faithfulness and his goodness. And then they would move forward into everything that he has for him. How do you do that in this story? Because I look at those photos of people who've joined this church and trust me, there could be many, many more who've joined in this last year. What he's done. What he's done. See a picture of Benny and Mareko. Are they here tonight? No. Benny got saved when last year, May. And then when did we go away on the men's camp? October. October, we got a phone call of some of the worst news you could ever imagine. And I watched a young man who'd been gripped by the love of God and the father that revealed himself to him hold his line and walk and begin to worship even more passionately the king of kings. Tanaka, who's on duty at the back there, who was slow on giving way, gave the words for the last verse. That's the guy. But he joined here in the last year. He's also from Zimbabwe, like Gabe. And, um, and uh, a few months ago, lost his younger brother in tragic circumstances, but holds the line and worships. And outside of Jesus, we have no hope. Outside of Jesus, there's no bearings. Outside of Jesus, the only hope, the only way to hold. Outside of Jesus, we fall apart in those situations. But held by the love of Jesus and the grace of Jesus, we can walk. We can hold on to the knowledge and the promise that he is on his throne. That like we sang, he is both the lion on his throne and the lamb who paid the price for us. 
and we can keep walking. And I thank God for the privilege of the local church and walking with Tanaka and Benny. Just a few of the many we get to walk in. I think the local church is glorious. Honestly, I think the local church, Bill Hubble's coined a phrase that everyone uses, but I don't think it's his. I think the local church is glorious. God had a plan when he orchestrated and pulled together something called the local church. He said, what you're going to do, young and old and black and white and rich and poor, they're going to come together in local communities to impact cities and beyond. And I'm going to put my fire inside of them and I'm going to birth something inside of them that is so real and so tangibly authentic out of the presence of heaven. And because Jesus came to earth and touched, hev- touched earth, came to, from heaven, touched earth, heaven keeps touching earth. And he's going to use the local church to keep impacting beyond the boundaries of the four walls of the church to see transformation come, to see change come, to see addicts keep walking into freedom, to see broken people keep walking into wholeness, to see those with no future and no hope keep walking into what he has for them. That is the gospel, and that is the reason for the local church. The local church doesn't need the gospel. The gospel comes, and the, go- the local church has a mission because God is live, and He is moving, and He's calling His people to be moving forward into a story. So how do we honor this story? This story is a pioneering story. And I look across this hall, and I see so many new faces. Maybe you don't know the story. Maybe you think this hall was vacant, or some denomination built it from money all overseas. No, this hall was built by a pioneering people of about 60 or 70 people who said, actually, we want to put something in the ground and build something in this community when there were hardly any houses beyond that road. That points to Jesus, a a house of salvation where men and women who are broken and bruised with no hope can run to, and they will find the King of Kings there. This story was built out of a pioneering story. Wally and Shirley Gersmeyer, after having led two amazing churches, said, actually, we want to go again. We want to go again to somewhere where no one knows us with our two young girls, get in a car, rent a house at nine Jenny Lane or Penny Lane or what's it called? Jenny Lane. And start a church. Maybe you don't know that. Maybe you don't know. Wally went from house to house and said, are you part of a church? And if they said yes, he said, wonderful, bless you. Then he went to other houses and people said, no, I'm not. And they said, well, you need Jesus. He said, well, we're starting a life group. They said, well, what night? He said, what night have you got free? So eventually he was in a life group on every night just so he could connect with people. This church was birthed and planted by a pioneering spirit. And how do we honor a pioneering spirit of the past is we pioneer again. We can keep telling the stories of Wally and Shirley Gersma, or we can have our stories for our generation at this time. It says, you know how we honored the past as we went further? I want my kids to go further than me. I want my kids to go beyond I could ever go. I want them to step into boundaries and into beyond boundaries where I couldn't get to. And in the church, there are far too many stories of that church's heyday in the 70s or that church's heyday in the 80s. God's glory is more glorious today than before. He says His glory is increasing. The church is growing. We're moving forward. And we are closer to Him returning. We have greater access than ever before if we'll take it and we'll live it. That is the church. And that's the local church. It's glorious. So how do we keep moving forward? How do we keep pioneering? Well, the first is that we started, we worship. We keep a vision and a picture of Jesus, first and foremost. But this is what Acts 1 verse 8 says. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Why do we need power? 
Because there is a gospel message that is called to go in and through your lives. Oh, Mark, I'm not a preacher. So what? Mark, I'm, 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 I'm just, I'm, a, I'm an accountant. Yes, you need power, Mr. and Mrs. Accountants, yeah. to preach the gospel to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria. This was not targeted to preachers. This was targeted to every man or woman, son or daughter of the living God. Because the minute the Spirit of God gets inside of us, the minute Jesus gets a hold of our hearts, He takes us from lazy, self-centered people, and He begins to twist and turn that thing around like a tornado going off in our heart that says, there's more for you. There's a bigger story for you. There's wider boundaries than you could ever imagine in your life. This is not some motivational speak, not some you can do it. This is the gospel of Jesus Christ that grips inside of our hearts and takes lazy, self-centered, self-focused people. Because I'm telling you, outside of Jesus, I'm unbelievably lazy. Outside of Jesus, I'm unbelievably self-centered. Outside of Jesus, it's all about me. But Jesus reveals his love to me. And I begin to pray for people who don't know him. Jesus reveals his love to me, and I begin to want to give. I want to be, give of myself, give of my time, give of, to his story. I can't live a small, self-centered story anymore. The gospel has to disturb our comforts. It has to get so deep down inside that we are unearthed in that moment. And I promise you, we begin to live a story that we could never imagine or understand. But I want to speak about a few points, just a few key points about pioneers. See, pioneers are, the, are those who go into stories or to, to areas where no one else has been and they establish a region. Those were the guys who arrived and some had good mo- motives and others had poor motives. But it doesn't matter. They broke into new territories and new areas. And I think we live in a world where where can you pioneer anymore? I promise you, you want to start pioneering? Read the Word of God and begin to live and feed on the Word of God. Begin pioneering. You want to start pioneering? Spend time in the presence of God and begin to pray and proclaim and declare. Amen. Want to start pioneering? Take a hold of Jesus and believe his promises. But the first point I want to make is that a pioneer takes territory where no one else wants to go. In Acts 8 verse 4, and the book of Acts is all about the Acts of the Apostles and the Gospels beginning to go beyond Jerusalem and Judea, and it's into Samaria. It's the outer reaches of where the ministry had gone. And Jesus said, take the gospel. Take it to the outer reaches, Judea, Samaria, uh, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and beyond. So here we are in Acts 8, verse 4. Those who had been scattered preached the word of God wherever they went. Understand, persecution comes, boom. Scattering. Philip went, just a guy, not a super apostle, not, a, not a, any worldwide evangelist ministries, just Philip, just a guy went down to a city in Samaria and proclaimed the Messiah there. When the crowds heard Philip and saw the signs he performed, they all paid close attention to what he said. For with shrieks, impure spirits came out of many, and many who were paralyzed or lame were healed. So there was great joy in the city. So pressure comes. What happens? Well, let's go to a new place. Understand this. Samaria was full of amazing, of these people who were considered compromised Jews. It was Jews who had crossbred, not crossbred, that sounds terrible, mixed with Gentiles. We're not talking about animals here. We're talking about people. What do you call that? Cross-pollination. Not really sure where to go with that. Awkward. But Jews and Gentiles, they did that thing. And, um, 
and, and, and they were considered these half-Jews. They were considered second-rate. And in truth, many of the religious didn't want to go there. These were the difficult people. These were those, why would we go there? They were considered compromised and seen as outsiders. But Philip goes to Samaria with the Spirit of God, which is the spirit of a pioneer, a breakthrough. And he goes into that, but I promise you, you want to see signs and wonders in your life? Begin to pioneer. Honestly, signs and wonders were never designed for the four walls of the church. And the church runs to signs and wonders meetings inside the four walls of the church. Signs and wonders happen when the church go outside of the four walls of the church. And we begin to lay hands on the sick. And we begin to prophesy over those who don't believe. And their eyes go boom to Jesus. I'm convinced of it. And we learn and we, we understand. We begin to grow in the gifts of the Spirit here. But it's designed for out there. And we step out into those places. What happens? It says, so there was a great joy in the city. Philip goes as a pioneer to an area, to a people no one wanted to go. Second-rate citizens. And the Spirit of God breaks out. Pioneers take territory where no one else wants to go. The second thing is pioneers keep reaching the unreachable. Keep reaching. The gospel keeps reaching. And two weeks ago, I spoke about God is ascending and extending God. And He calls us to be ascending and extending people. And if you look at the gospel and you read Acts, you'll see that the first three converts, this is them. Number one, Simon the sorcerer. First convert, Simon the sorcerer. He had, and, and it says people were amazed at his, as it, as, at his wizardry and his acts that he did. But he was a sorcerer. Not an easy target if that's where you're going to start. The second guy, the Ethiopian eunuch, on his carriage, begins to read the gospel. Boom. Second convert, a, a second-rate class human who, who, had, who was castrated, had his sexuality messed up by man and at the hands of man, and the gospel breaks in and brings freedom. And the third one, Paul, Saul, a terrorist, an abuser of the people of God, a, a person who persecuted the people of God. The Spirit of God breaks out. A pioneer goes and shares the gospel, and a sorcerer, and a castrated man with no identity and civilization, and a terrorist find Jesus. Oh, awesome. Front row of the church. Sorcerer, Ethiopian eunuch. <laughs> I'm going to make him that chair. And a terrorist. Thank you for the gospel, God. And I'm telling you, when, and, and I sat with a church leader recently, we spoke about discipling, dis- making disciples. It's not the same as breaking into new territories and pulling the broken out of darkness and then walking them into light. And the church needs to keep pioneering and going to reach the unreachables. Don't you love that? A sorcerer. Who's going to reach Caitlyn Jenner? But the church. But the love of Jesus. Who? Because we can stand back and we can mock and we can come up with a whole lot. If you don't know Caitlyn Jenner, you haven't read News 24 <laughs> or the U magazine. But who's going to reach the broken and the confused in our world unless the gospel goes through the lives of pioneers? And I'm telling you, pioneering doesn't look like going to darkest Africa all the time. It's part of that. And I'm telling you, it's not darkest Africa anymore. It's darkest first world. But it doesn't have to be there. It's about going to your neighbor. It's about loving the people you work with. The third point, I don't want to spend too much time, is pioneering isn't for everyone. 
And you see, in, we see in Acts chapter 8 in these three converts in his mission. In Acts chapter 6, we encounter a guy, Stephen, who begins to preach the gospel. And he's preaching to the Alexandrians. And it tells us that they were from the synagogue of the freedmen. These were slaves who'd become freedmen, who'd found freedom. And they didn't like the story. So what did they do? They stoned him. But they stoned him. He brings the same gospel in power and love, and they stone him. Not everyone's going to be up for the story. Not everyone's going to want to receive pioneers, and not everyone's going to go. And understand this. Stephen has this moment, this most glorious moment, where he looks into heaven. Because our job is just to go. Our job's not to say, why should I, and to quantify and to qualify and have a thousand securities behind us. There's no insurances in preaching the gospel. There's just Jesus and eternity with him. The fourth point is that pioneering means risk-taking. Stephen took a risk. Others take risks. And understand this, that Jesus took a risk. He says, what I'm going to do, I'm going to come to earth, I'm going to have three years of ministry, and then I'm going to risk everything in 11 or 12 motley guys. Crazy dudes. I mean, you're talking about fishermen, you're talking about guys who'd stolen money. He puts the gospel inside of them and says, these are going to be my pioneers. You know what? He keeps doing that. Stand up, Gabe. No, I'm joking. Fisherman. He keeps entrusting the gospel to Warren. And Warren's here, and, and, and Warren's friends here tonight with his family, because Warren said, actually, you need something of Jesus. And others. Pioneers look like all shapes and sizes and backgrounds and stories. We need them all. And the last point there's no tour guides for pioneers. You, you can't arrive and say, well, show me the spots. Where's the app on this new undiscovered land? Yeah. Whoop. Take me there to the 12 attractions. No, you arrive and there's wild. And you don't know what's behind that first row of trees. And the missionaries of old arrived in lands where no one spoke their language. And many were keen to cut their heads off. But they arrived full of the Spirit of God and full of power. And prepared to preach the gospel. And that pioneering spirit can't be lost in the church. And I said it this morning, I said too much of the church is dressed up for a, for a journey, dressed up like Indiana Jones. But stuck in the four walls of the church and we get frustrated. And we get grumpy. And I sat with a group of guys last year, I went back to Durban, with a group of guys who have been in church forever. And, and, and unfortunately, in much of the church, the thinking is, well, if I just become this, if I just become a leader of a life group, if I just become this serving thing, if I just become this, and I'm telling you the story is so much bigger than that. If I could just speak to this person about the love of Jesus, if I could just reach this person with the grace of Jesus, if I could just lay my hands on that person and Jesus could heal in my office, I promise you, you will come alive. Amen. Please don't want my job. I didn't for many years. I never wanted to be a pastor. I'm just confessing. Want your job in the kingdom of God. Want everything he has for you. Want every bit of that story and want to pioneer in there. Take risks. Reach the unreached. And I promise you, joy will fill you. Joy will fill you and joy will fill the city. And God always calls us beyond our comforts and into the wide open spaces. And I I wrote this this morning, and Gabe said it was good, so I'm going to say it again tonight. But the gospel is like a 4 by 4 It's designed for it to operate best in challenging terrain. But too many keep it in the safe lands of suburbia rather than venture into the rugged terrain of the wild for which it is designed. 
The gospel wasn't designed for Christians to hang out next to each other and talk about how amazing Jesus is. In that space, we encourage each other. That's just the half time. That's the practice for the gospel story out there where we go and tell the world who don't know him how amazing he is. And we're more rugged and we're more robust than we like to think sometimes. I'm telling you, if you've walked with Jesus for one minute, you have the fullness of power to preach his goodness and his grace. If you've walked with Jesus for one day, you have the life of God flowing through your veins. You can lay hands on the sick and wholeness and healing can come. You don't need a theology degree to tell someone about how good Jesus is. I promise you. And so we are building, we're trying to build a house here. Vision Sunday, we have four grids, line grids that create a grid for us as we build the church. Because the reality is you need vision and you need focus to build anything. And so we've chosen four things. The first one, a passion for God. Without Jesus at the center, the church is nothing. Without his presence at the center of everything we do, the church has no power. Without our eyes fixed on Jesus, we are just building a form and shape of something that looks like the church. But we'll be a people who have a passion for God. So we'll take three days and fast and pray and seek the living God. And we'll take moments in life groups together to fix our eyes on Jesus. Because we're a people who have a passion for God. If anything we do doesn't fit in that grid or that frame, it's outside of the frame we want to build. Just telling you. So you know, if you're saying, I'd love to join a story, I want to tell you what we're on about. Number one, a passion for God. The second one is reaching the unreached. Honestly, we, we don't put new carpets. Who didn't notice we put new carpets? This is a time for honesty in the church. Yes, there we go. I see that hand thing. There we go. Dave, I saw you looking down. I saw, there we go. We put new carpets. We didn't put the carpets down for you. And we didn't put the carpets down for the church person down the road who's looking for a better upscale church who has nicer carpets. We put the carpets down so that when the unchurched person walks in here, the unsafe person, the person who doesn't know the love of God, walks in and says, actually, this place wants to host us well. And they, re- 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 they understand something of God. That's why we put the carpets down. Yeah. Honestly. Does that make sense to you? Yeah. The church doesn't exist for ourselves. We don't exist for ourselves. We exist for those who don't know Him yet. So we come together on Sundays. We gather to celebrate. And that in our midst, some might taste and see that He is good. Yeah. Reaching out to the unreached. And keep reaching out. And keep going beyond. I want to ask you, when last did you extend yourself beyond your comfort zone so someone else might be blessed? Another friend of mine in Durban, there's a, there's a man who ended up planting a church in Canada. His name's Loister Fleurier. He joined the church in Durban called Glenridge Church. And another man, Ray Way, who was, who was an ophthalmologist, found out that this man loved birding. Now, I don't know about you, but nothing interests me about birding. Not a tweet-tweet, not a anything. But Ray Way said, I want to become this man's friend because there's something in his life. So he began to enjoy birding. He bought a book about birds and he started listening to birding noises. He became this man's best friend and discipled him. And the result was this guy planted a church in Canada from being an accountant. You will never know when you extend yourself beyond your comfort zone what Jesus will do. You'll never know. And it doesn't matter if you ever know. It matters what happens when the gospel goes. So what have we got? The first one. Passion for God, reaching the unreached, and making disciples. There's no point just reaching. What are you going to do with them? Well, we're going to call people out. We want to call the maturity in God. We want to call the growth in people out. We want to invest into people. 
want to make sure that we are raising other leaders to go and plant, that this won't be the last extension of life changes, whether it be plants into other nations or into the city or whatever it is. I want to keep raising the potential in people, calling people to more. I want to call you to more. I want to call me to more. I want you to call me to more. Yes. Just working that out got me confused. But we want to be a people who keep growing. The, the gospel is go until and make disciples. And the last one is social justice. And I don't have a chance to paint all these pictures. And we actually want to do a series on this. We said we'd do it last year. We will do it this year. Where we look at understanding the role of the church in the brokenness of the world around us. Because there is a role. We can't hide behind the four walls of the church and say how dandy God is. We've got to be a people who are prepared to get dirty in the mess of the world. And that demands something of us. It demands pioneering. So I want to ask you to be a pioneer. Pioneer in seeking after God. Pioneer in reaching the lost. Don't leave that to the evangelist. It's a cop-out. Pioneer in making disciples and being a disciple being made. Give yourself to growth. Give yourself to the Word of God. And give yourself to His story. And then open your heart wide to say, God, what's my role in the brokenness of this world around me? Is that good? But tonight is also a a sending moment, a releasing moment, a tender moment, an exciting moment. It's a whole bunch of things. I found as I focused my mind on this morning and I've had regrets about what we did and didn't do, we get to release a team into Milneton to plant a church. And we get to plant a church. Gabe and Fee and a team are going on behalf of this church as part of this church. But we are planting a church. Are you excited? Good. Thank you, buddy. I see that hand. I'm excited. Let's do that again, you and me. There we go. But I'm excited. And, and, and I dreamed of a day when we would do the gospel with our friends, where it's not about superstars and it's not about whatever. It's about people on a mission together, dreaming a dream that actually God could do something with our lives. More than just earning a salary, get by in the month, but living a dream of the gospel. So I'd ask the whole team of Milneton to come up. And I know there's a whole bunch. Some aren't here tonight. But the whole team with Gabe and Fee that are, that are going, come up onto the stage here. Can we clap them as they come up? Clap for them. That is a really soft clap. Come on then. show you what pioneers look like. I didn't get a chance to take the time that I wanted. Hello, Tim. Tim was here till half past 11 on Thursday night helping us make the stage black. Thank you, Tim. He did laugh at me when I fell in the trap door, but I won't talk about that tonight. I want to tell you what a few pioneers look like. Looks like Tim, who's coming on from Joburg, who's been a part of churches and school halls, and in many ways could not want to be a part of churches and school halls again, but says, I want to go on adventure and pioneer again. Yeah. I want to tell you about the Pringle family with their kids, teachers at Milton High School, where we're planning the church, member of the Board of Governors. I want to tell you about the Lubbies, who've been in full-time ministry, now in the marketplace, make unbelievable coffee, and want to pioneer for Jesus again. Michelle Massain, come down from Durban, a church called The Rock. Uh uh-uh. uh. No, wait. Honestly, uh, you've been a blessing, Mish. Uh, I saw Mark Nauman, who led the church that you were a part of. 
and, uh, and um, this week. And I just raved about the blessing you have been in this church. And um, Crystal, her butt's on mission at Live Village. Up at the moment, just serving. Said, actually, we're going to lay our careers down. We're going we're gonna to cr- thrive. AJ, this guy just serves. Yeah. You, you'll just see him serving. You won't stop him. Yeah. I think we could try to stop him. We won't stop him. And, and I'm going to carry on. And, and, and Stanley and Anna Adams, just powerhouse servants in the life of this church. There's so much more for you guys. This is just the first step of a great story. And, and um, we honor you in this community. The Anderson family... This is an amazing family. And this man's heart is as big as the stage. And um, honestly, um, you've been a blessing to me. And uh, we are so proud of you guys. And Shelly, I I think this is going to rock your world. I I honestly think God is going to break. And you don't know how much you've got to give. And we are so excited. Gabe and Fiona Phillips, we're going to have many moments to speak. But I passionately love this couple. And so proud of them. And, and whatever God has in store for you, I know it's bigger than I could dream or you could dream. And, uh, and we are so proud and privileged to be partnering with you in this moment. And um, Claire and Duran Bonnet. And Duran's overseas at the moment. And, um, but, but we're proud of you guys. And, and Claire came to this church a few years ago from another church and married her same, same time as us. And now they're going and pioneering and planting. I'm just telling you this because I want you to know what planters, pioneers look like. And I know Gabe and Fee are pioneering this thing. But without this team, this is nothing. The multiplier effect of the teaming in the gospel changes everything. We get to do it with our friends. These are my friends. They're not just people who, are. they serve the mission of the church. It's got nothing to do with that. It's got to do with the gospel and God placing us in relationship. We get to do life together. This amazing couple are getting married on the 20th of March. And Brad and Jen, just we're proud of you guys. When did you join Life Changes? A year ago. A little over a year ago. They, they, they got saved. They go walking in the story. Next minute I meet their boss who's at church and loving church. And I called his wife the wrong name many weeks in a row. Um, but I got it, got it right now. Next time. Yeah, next time. And the Stevens clan, just an unbelievable blessing to this church. Don't hide behind your mom. There we go. We have two of the, the prestigious Milnerton High School grade eights on the planting team, and we are super excited. And Brad and Sonia, just super proud of you guys. And, and uh, again, I, I, I think in going, you're going to experience the grace of God like never before. And then Henry and Jeannie George, probably... Probably the proudest moment of this plant. I find Rory dial this often. He said, tell me about the people that are going. I said, let me tell you about Henry and Jeannie George, who've done this thing before and said we want to do it again. And um, we honestly celebrate and honor you in this story. And, and I don't think you guys realize the power that is added to this team by you going. And so we celebrate your willingness to venture out beyond the comforts of aircon and new carpets again. <laughs> And, and, um, and again, I think greatest days are ahead. So can we stand? And um, there's a whole bunch of details and a whole bunch of things. And I was going to show some videos that we showed this morning. But, but um, we'll show that at the end. We'll show a video. Actually, yeah. Can, can, can we reach out our hands to this team? Not gonna, not gonna. 
And uh, will you pray with me? Jesus, I pray your amazing favor over this amazing team. I pray, Spirit of God, come upon every individual here now. Why don't you guys just reach out your hands? Why don't you just pray, Spirit of God, I call out the pioneer inside of every person here. I call the wallflowers who would stand in the back to come out and step forward with the gospel life and story. I call the preacher voices out. I call the giftings out, the gifts of hospitality, the gifts of life to come out. I call the evangelists to come out, God, at this time. I call the creative gifts to come out again and flourish again in this adventuring, pioneering story. And God, I pray you would fill them with fire. I pray, Spirit of God, you would come upon them in such fresh and new ways again now. As we, as a community, branch out and plant out into Milneton, I pray, Spirit of God, begin a revival in that place because this team of amazing men and women with the others that are going are stepping foot on holy ground that is your land and your ground today. We worship you, Jesus, and give you all the praise and all the glory. Amen.